0: After a long absence, welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, uh, big thanks for all the compliments we got from the draft show with Ed yes, Pesco. thank you very much to everybody. Uh, we're now kind of moving on to trade week. It's For here, it's, it's Saturday morning. Uh, the first kind of week has has been fulfilled in trade week. There are a lot of a lot of moves going here and there. Yep. We've still got, I think, two or three days left of trade week. We thought we would get the expert, Mister Callum Toon, Callum Toomey from. There's a-, a
0: there's a lot of websites. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of footy uh, or people that hang around footy that say they know about um, the trades and what's going on, um, Carolyn <clears throat> Wilson. But um. There is one bloke generally that it is universally understood, and that is Mr. Cal Toomey. And Scotty has gone nuts and got us him got him as a guest on the show today.
1: Yeah, it was it's such a, uh, a big get. I mean Cal's I think by far probably been the biggest player as far yeah. as journalism uh with Trade Week. He seems to get a lot of inside mail, uh, <laughs> that before trades uh hit down, uh with, with the big one of uh North Melbourne Adelaide yesterday, we've, With uh, Adelaide offering um, three first-round picks uh, for North Melbourne's number one, and including like
0: that number one pick, mate, including Adelaide's
1: pick four in that. Uh, So yeah, uh, North Melbourne seems to have rejected that. So a lot of things to discuss and cover. Uh, We'll obviously have uh, an Essendon lens uh, with our conversation with Cal. So far, it's kind of been Jake Kelly as an unrestricted free agent. a perfect fill, fill the need fill the need scenario. Uh, plays medium, kind of small, but probably more medium lockdown defender. Uh, will help us out with uh Toby Green and those kind of guys that we have a history of not doing so
0: well on. Yeah, uh, and again, I, I want to, I want everybody to. Oh, I personally want to acknowledge the biggest of the big reds, the fire engine himself. So, like, uh, could they could he get a better pick than that? To fill that need so thank you very much again always nice when guys come for nothing uh besides yep. their price tag uh so look there's I, I don't i genuinely don't understand why they let him go like the, I, why didn't they back up a truckload of money to him or something because um i know he's a melbourne boy but um geez man he's a good player he's a really good player to get for nada yeah it was seventh,
1: he's 7th seventh in their bnf so but uh, he's told the club that he's definitely going back to Victoria. So I think when yeah. when that happens and they're not, you're not committed to a club, I think most clubs go, okay. Um, I mean, he, if we're honest, he's not in the top five bracket, you know, so he's not that kind of precious. Yeah, they're not
0: the, the superstar, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I, I kind of get that. Um, uh, and he's 26 and Adelaide's going quite young and, and re-going through the drafts, so... Yeah. I, I kind of get the scenario. It releases probably some salary cap for them, uh, but it, it's a good win for us because we've probably got—I would say even four or five years of, of Jake Kelly. So yeah. uh, he's definitely still in the time frame, time frame for me for hopefully some big success uh, yeah, to come it, in two it, or three was, years. A, so speaking so, like
0: that about him too, he'd be looking at the club going, "Oh, I, I reckon I've come to Essendon right at the right time," methinks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I you he you, you, you can sense he's genuinely excited about the opportunity. There's a, like a definite role for him like it's a targeted role so and and as the club mentioned it, it releases a Redmond and Ridley to be more yeah offensively minded to uh, which is what we really needed. like Ridley you could tell this year his performance was probably almost just as good <laughs> but because he had to do a bit more shutdown and, and pure d- defense one on- one. Uh, he had a lesser impact, I'll say, as far as intercept marking and those sort of things.
0: That's Yeah, that's exactly how I'd, I'd say it as well. Still still brilliant, like still a great player, <laughs> but we didn't get that real incredible ability to, to jump in front of packs. So, yeah, so uh, a great win for us.
1: Lots of, you know, there's, it's funny, there's, it's been a, a trade week where a lot of names have been mentioned, but Essendon seemed to be pretty comfortable with where they are. I think uh, they're sticking to their guns. Yeah, they, they, they seem to really value this draft. They want to have extra picks in this draft. It's, it's no doubt a, f- a future first or second uh, is even up for cards to be traded for this year's draft. So I, I, I liked the Jack Nile um, article when he said that Essendon's kind of mantra is that they want to bring along a, a, a core group together at the same, a similar age. Uh, for success and that's very much a, a Melbourne Demons model what they did with the Petrarca and Oliver and uh, all these guys so yeah it's I understand Eston's theory that you know with the Davey Davies coming next year um, and you know just reading between the leaves of Ben King's manager it doesn't feel like he's up for grabs you, you know obviously anything could be things could change but the The club and Ben King's manager have been pretty forthright in saying that you know he's a son, he's a son's player for the short term. Uh, so, yeah. So it, it may be a case of well, let's build our side and and right. also also let's try what we've got. So, uh, as much as there's been talk about forwards and all that sort of stuff, we we haven't seen Kane Baldwin play. We haven't seen, uh, you know, <coughs> who else haven't seen, we seen? We haven't seen Josh Air with a full preseason. Yeah, right. We so, haven't. So, um, right. Uh, there's, there's lots of scenarios where we, we still have to try players and, and see how they go. And so I, I'm not <laughs> as overly concerned about tall forwards as others are. Small forward, I think there's a definite scenario there. Like I, I actually see the, the dialogue. Uh, I think Waller has, has been unpredictable in, in years uh, as far as availability and, and form. Uh, and yeah, this, but, but
0: we know we know why this this season he fell off, right? Like he was having an all all Australian season, and then he fell away. But we know why that is. So, I, I people have jumped off Walla. No, but we off.
1: we also know. Look, to be fair, in previous years before this year, what was we've had many a podcast talking about him missing games for three or four mm-hmm.
0: weeks in, in gaps,
1: and that's what I'm talking yeah. about. You, you, it's it
0: it, it hasn't. But everybody's forgetting last season. Like you, you're talking about seasons before last season. The man's only as good as his last. Um, season right and but the second half of the season we know why there was there's was personal issues and he fell away and that's fine right but previous to that why is no one taking that into account
1: oh but that's what I'm saying I'm saying I found him inconsistent
0: before that that's what I'm saying I, I for the for the six or eight games he played at the start of this season well that's but but that's <sighs>
1: Well what are do you doing? No but
0: but then but then you'll say that he fell away and that's the unpredictability part sure but he didn't fall away because he didn't he didn't just like he was just for not uh, what he was doing a few seasons ago and just disappearing on the football field and not getting touches and stuff his head wasn't right. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's a dead set reason why. That's probably pretty close to the only reason why his form fell away. I was having an, it was an all year. Like he was having an incredible year and then personal issues have affected him. So I people keep looking back and they're, they're adding that to his form previous to uh, last season. I I disagree. I man's only as good as the first, like is his last season. And if he didn't have the personal issues, he'd be probably nudging all Australian.
1: Oh, I totally agree. Half, half, halfway through the year, he was all Australian. Yeah. Um, I but still, I still, I've still at the age of 28, 29, I've still never seen him put a full year together. That's what all more saying, whether we yeah. like it or not. Um, yeah. uh, but I still think the small forward is, a, is, a, is an area oh. that we can improve. So yeah. that's, so, you know, Stengel being talked about,
0: yeah, uh, Got concerns, I got concerns, man.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, Eddie Betts is really pumping him up and, and, and yeah. saying he's turned his, he he's turned done. his life around and,
0: He's a mate of his, but once once is a mistake. Twice is a is a choice. Three times is three times getting in trouble is a, a definite been choice. Three right?
1: I think it's been twice. I think it's
0: been- I think it was twice, but three times he got booted out. Now I thought it was three times, and he was he was booted out of two clubs.
1: Uh, I mean, uh, I'm I'm actually all for it to be honest. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm I'm a little bit this, I'm a little bit different, but uh, each each to their own. Um, but you know the coaches obviously had. Discussed with the media about him turning his life around. Eddie Betts has discussed him turning his life around. You know, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen players have worse that turn their career around uh, with reputations. So I mean, you know, if you think of Martin Pike. Remember back in North Melbourne days, in yeah. he was fine. He had just multiple, multiple incidents, uh, and then became yeah. premiership player and a huge player for the Lions. So you can turn it around, uh, and he's 22, but the 43 goals. You know, in the in the sandful is shouldn't be ignored. No, it's
0: nothing to sneeze at. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: So, and you know, and then another interesting one is Gibbons from Carlton, which I think everyone was surprised he got delisted um, from Carlton. I don't think no one saw that coming. He didn't. step He did definitely didn't see it coming. He said, um, but, "Oh, really? Okay. Yeah." But crafty small forward, clever player. He's definitely something to just think about, but. Then the other scenario is we just don't have many list spots, so uh, you you have to be very choosing. We were choosy. discussing this. Uh, yeah, we were yeah.
0: discussing this, mate. Like, what? What if we get Stengel? And okay, cool. If we get Stengel, and we we grab Jake Kelly. Um, I'm wondering what other position we need to <laughs> fill for. Like, seriously, we don't. You look at it and you go, okay, Waller's going to get a hand with Stengel, and that'll be great. Jake Kelly can jump on Charlie Cameron, and then jump on Toby Green, and we that's good. Um. What else? What other player do we need? And I swear, if somebody says a big-bodied mid, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my mind. But I'm not, We've got everything. We've got a, a ruckman and a backup ruckman. We've got stringer that can go mid. He can go mid or he can go forward. We've got Wright, Jones, Baldwin, Air. We've got all of these guys. We've got Reedy. We've got um, Stewart, Francis. All these. We've got players to spare.
1: Yeah, well, we're, it was definitely more well-rounded list. I mean, uh, Robert Shaw said on Twitter the other day that every club's going to have weaknesses. So you're going to have – but you try and limit as as much as you can. And, and I think that's what we're doing. I think we're having a very smart off-season, just being patient, just building, uh, yeah. just using we'll, – seems like we'll use pick 11 in the draft and draft a good kid uh, and – and if we get another, you know, if we're able to somehow get swap picks and get into another low pick, then you've you've got a pretty strong list coming through, and uh, I it seems like a very controlled, smart, patient off, off season so far for for the bombers and and a oh, club that's really in linked, com- Have we? Yeah, well, the, it feels like a club that's in, has full confidence and stability in and where they're going in the list and the development. I um, mean, Alex Rance was a. You know these little little maneuvers that they're making is is all about development, Uh, and and so they they're trying to fast track that feels like a lot of the list that they've got rather than than rather than adding uh you know crazy trades or anything like that.
0: that... Yeah, you said it a a couple of years ago, a couple of of days ago when we were talking. (laughs) Sorry, Um, there's not going to be there's not going to be any more um, triple S, Stringer, Sard, Smith, and all of these guys come in. I think we've got the, – the, the switch has, has definitely been made to go from trying to get blockbuster guys to the club um, to build up the talent level, which we've done. All those guys have been great, um, bringing them to the club. But now we're going we're gonna to draft good, talented kids and make them work because you hire um, Alex Rance to help the kids work um, and you, uh, you change the forward coach. and You do all these sort of things, and now we're going to bring in Another good kid or two, depending on how we go. I, I, I don't mind it at all. I genuinely don't. We've got the next batch in Parrish and Langford and and Francis and McGrath and all those guys coming through. And then we've got Perkins, Cox, whoever we draft in this draft coming through, and some of the younger kids as well. Complement that with the Wallers and the Stenglines and the um, Heppels and the Stenglines, the Stengles. If he um, comes.
1: If he comes. if yes.
0: he, If he comes. Um, yeah and complement that with some old older dudes and you yeah, we're looking good man I, I is is it looking good enough to to beat the top teams i don't know but geez you couldn't do much better as a as a list management at the moment like we're we're strong in every position
1: yeah it, yeah like i said we're 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 as well balanced as we have been for a long long time and yeah. And, and yeah it, it's kind of refreshing that we're not in panic trade talks and you know we're we're the quiet ones because it, it it reads very well it reads that you're very comfortable you're stable uh, and you're all about development and, and i mean and it's really it's, it's a lot of guys in the gym isn't it really for now it's yeah. you know, it's reed and cox and it's 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 all it's all just getting guys a-
0: mature by the way did everybody see that clip that was on Facebook of Kane Baldwin oh, doing like... that um that physical fitness with the uh, private company in the off field on the off season That's a man that is a big big boy right there It's exciting isn't it Good lord man I, what is he 19 Yeah yeah 19 man i did not look like that at 19 i can assure you I can vouch i'm about for as to, i'm about as tall as that kid but mate did i not look like that at 19
1: no. <laughs> well look uh kaltumi is coming on in a minute so let's Beautiful. let's go to an ad break uh and we'll have kaltumi after the break yeah
0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, joining us uh, to, for this very special episode of the podcast is AFL.com.au's draft guru, Mr. Callum Toomey. G'day, Callum. How you doing?
2: G'day, Grant and Scooter. Uh, I'm good. Great to be on the uh, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. It's brought in some big guests this year, including the senior coach, so... Or uh, just falling into line behind him.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, no, 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 none bigger than you, mate. Especially this time of year, we were we were just talking off the uh, off the pot a second ago. You'd be nice and busy at the moment.
2: It's been a busy week, uh, but a fun week, and yeah, it's. I guess you just keep pushing yourself because it's it's a finite amount of time, and then yeah. you get a, a little bit of a breather, and then the draft stuff kicks in before a final big through uh, big few weeks at the uh, at the end of the year in November, but. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been a busy week and there's been a lot happening and still obviously record this on Saturday. There's still a little bit to play out over the, the coming four or five days as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the start, you know, the kind of the narrative was that uh, it's going to be a pretty dead trade period. But uh, it, it, as is always the case, you never know what <laughs> what's happening behind the scenes. Every club's in a different position. Uh, it, what I, I guess so I'd love to get your take on initially the Hawthorne situation. Uh, what's came happening there? Uh, and like I know, a lot of fans uh, are texting me about, oh, are we going to get Amira? Should we get this? Should we get that? And Gunston and and uh, did that surprise you? How that all played out? And, and you know, can I ask an honest question? Are they probably disadvantaged at picking the wrong year in a strong draft?
2: There's a couple of facets to it. I, I think that. Uh, clubs have known for a while that they would have been open to to offers for for these guys and to see what they could get in return. So there's that part of it, and and that's not new information, I guess. So I think clubs have been pretty well aware that, that this is a, a footy club that wants to rebuild pretty strongly under Sam Mitchell. He's had a big role in that as well, in having a draft focus. So there's been that aspect. And then there's the aspect of can they get a taker? Uh, and at this point, if you're one of the clubs who does – in your heart of hearts, know that you have a little bit of interest. I think you're probably in best place in terms of your own strategy to wait and wait it out because uh, don't show your hand too too early in the trade period. You know, there's not a whole lot of other interest there in terms of early picks. So you probably are in the position where, and that's where Jeff Kennett's letter to members was, was strange in a way that no one no one was crying out for that that letter to members at, at any point no one was sitting there on Thursday saying geez it's it's five o'clock where's where's the where's the letter yeah. to members coming but <laughs> in some ways I do actually think you know a sort of weird twist that, that it has probably shaken out a few clubs to to make a decision on whether they want to buy in or not so that's yeah. where uh, and clubs that I know have I've spoke to me about how they're going to use the weekend to make a firm decision on whether they, they will jump in early next week or, or not. So there's that part of it. And and whether the draft is the factor or it's more the money factor, I think is, is probably the real, yeah. okay. the real piece of that discussion rather than the, the actual draft itself. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a pretty steady draft hand and I like the top 30 picks and, and certainly it's really hard to find a club who's willing to sell one inside the first 15 or 20 picks. So there definitely is that, angle to it, but I think more so it's just clubs are so tight across the board in terms of their salary caps that to, to at this point have to reshuffle your, your payments again having all of them done it last year at the end of the year after the play payments came down would be a tough task for, for some clubs to do that.
1: Yep. Uh, and also you broke a massive story yesterday with Adelaide North Melbourne uh, with, correct me if I'm wrong, North Melbourne, who has the number one pick turning down Adelaide's approach for a possible three uh, first-round picks, including their pick four. Uh, yeah. You're going to have uh, – uh, Twitter's always an interesting beast, right? And you you know that as well as I do. You kind of have these two arguments of one, why you're crazy, you can build up so much talent. And then you have the other side that's saying – what if you have a generational talent, you know, uh, you know, if you had the scenario of Hawthorne when they picked Luke Hodge, those, the same picks, you know, some guy did an example of the draft and, and the plays didn't turn out to be much at all. Uh, so, and, but you would have missed Luke Hodge. So it's, how do you sit on the fence with that?
2: Yeah. Interesting story. It, the, yeah. The, the extra trade was uh, Adelaide's first pick this year, which is number four, uh, their first round pick next year, which is tied to their own finishing position which I think most people would expect that to be in the bottom six or so. And then uh, Melbourne's first-round pick for next year as well. Um, So, sorry, that was Adelaide's first-round pick for this year. Adelaide's first-round pick for next year and Melbourne's first-round pick for for next year. And in return, they get pick one for this year from from North as well as a future second-round pick. So you have to dig a little bit deeper into the deal. Yes, it's three first-round picks, which is huge and significant. The second-round bit, though, means that the future second versus Melbourne's future first the The difference between those picks is probably not going to change more than probably five or six spots. So yeah. on face value, yes, it's three first round picks, but you dig a little bit deeper, and that's why if you're the roos, you're probably saying, "Well, it's it's two and a bit picks rather than three first round picks." But that offer was made; they knocked it back, and yeah, it's it's a significant one. But yeah, as I tweeted last night, I, I think it was both from from both clubs a really good move to make. From the crows' angle, you you, you throw your last shot at the stumps and, and see what comes up and, and you try and go for the local kid who's a gun. And, you know, bird in the hand is always is always better sometimes and, and you know what you're getting in that respect and you think forward and look at what Melbourne's done with future trading and, and always trading in the now and worrying about the future later. Well, there was maybe an aspect of that to this one from the Crows' perspective to just get him in. Um, and then from North's perspective, well, they know how good he's going to be, Jason Horn Francis. So uh, I think that yeah, I, I like it from both angles. You, you you go for it because you have to, but you you hold firm as well because you know what you're getting.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I guess moving to an Essendon lens, which is not much actually to report on. <laughs> um, I was waiting for this. I was, I was, <laughs> this is going to be a thirty second segment. Um, yeah. So look, in some ways, it's refreshing as a fan. I'll speak as a fan. It's refreshing. To feel like the club has quite a steady approach, uh, and still a draft first approach. It's from the tea leaves that I wrote that I'm reading is is that the pick eleven they value quite a lot, and 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 it seems like from afar that if they can get even into the pick twenties uh, in this year's draft, that they they will probably be tempted to do that as well through a a second round kind of swap. First round is probably unlikely. But a, a second round swap if they can get a, a mid twenties kind of deal, I think they would be tempted.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well that's what they're trying. They're trying to trade their future second round pick and one of their picks this year to get into the twenties this year. So there's obviously that gap between what are they at? They've got, you know, as you say, uh, nine uh, eleven and then forty eight the next one? 48 or fifty one. Fifty one will be. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think um there's that middle ground that they need to try and register and trying to find. And having seen the success of last year's draft period, there's, you know, a a lot of sort of thought behind that. So yeah, they've been trying to do some stuff. There's no doubt about that with the picks, but they're probably a little bit hamstrung in that the players, they don't want to move out any players because the players that they've got of value are the ones that they need to keep clearly as, as we all know. And Mm. Uh, they don't want to split 11 i don't think because there's going to be a good player at 11 so they don't want to push back from that that bracket and then if you keep 11 it, you know it's basically four top ten picks in two years that's that's a good base to, to work with and, and we know that last year's three are looking like pretty good players so yeah I, I can see what they're going about and yeah there's there's some interest in a few things and i think they're always going to put their hand up and 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 try and get involved but uh i I'm a bit like you. I wanted Eston to keep its first pick this year uh, because I, I I think that it was a really good year, it was an encouraging year, but there's still a big gap to make between the Bombers and the best teams consistently. So, and that gap only really comes with talent, and they're probably a little bit talent short, I think, at the moment to compete with them.
0: All right. So, to add to that talent piece, there, I, I hear that they're having a look at um, Tyson Stengel um, from the SA NFL. Um, Scotty and I differ on this. Um, We'd love to get your opinion. I He's, he's had some off-field issues, um, uh, Stengel, and I and I think it's like sacked from two clubs, multiple off-field issues and that sort of stuff. What, what are your thoughts about him and his impact that he could have for the Dons coming over? I, I, I sort of three strikes and you're out for me. If he's had that many issues off-field, then I'm not sure you'd want to bring that to your club, but... Um, he has kicked 40-odd goals in the SA and FL. What are your thoughts on bringing him in?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a tick. I'm, I'm saying go for it because I, I think that uh, the culture's improved to a point over the past 12 to 18 months where you can um, have a crack at it. And if it doesn't work out, uh, they're obviously coming on different um, parameters, I think, than other players would enter a footy club, given it to a third chance and a third shot at it. But he's no doubt the, the most talented small forward outside of the AFL system. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And at some point, you have to back in your club to be good enough to um, work with someone. And, and when the rest of the things, that's them right now. They're, they're interested in Tyson Stengel. There's no doubt about that. So are other clubs, though. And obviously, mm. Geelong, I personally feel, is in the box seat for that. But yeah, there's such a need as well for a small forward that you know, you know sometimes you have to have a crack at it. Uh, so uh, we saw the elimination final. Anthony mcdonald Woody wasn't there no one else was at ground level on the the wettest and slipperiest day. And it really exposed a a gap in that um, forward group. And this is a forward group, mind you, that's, you know, it surprised a fair few across the year, Hmm. didn't it? There was was top four in the league for scoring and, and kicking a goal wasn't an issue, but you do still need to have a bit of touch at ground level. And, and there's confidence that Tiffin Woody gets back to his best, Hmm. but obviously we still have to to see that because the, the drop-off was pretty dramatic in the second half of the season. So yeah, I'm for having a, a dip at it, as well as the fact that you don't actually give up anything for it. Yes, it's a, it's a, a salary cap. It's a it's a list spot, but you, it's a delisted list of free agent. It's it's um it's movable if it doesn't work.
0: Yeah.
1: So I guess as far as uh essence pick eleven, uh, I'll be just interested, just for the audience, just from your experience on the draft, could you just give us some names that you think the club. I should or could be interested in?
2: Yep. So I think there's probably a group that are, are most likely gone by the time that 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 pick enters the frame and the bombers enter the frame. We know that 11 will turn into 13. So you, you count Dacos and Darcy, they're out of the picture. You obviously count Horn Francis and, and Finn Callahan out. You count Ben Hobbs out. You probably count Josh Ward out and Josh Gibkiss out. So we're up to seven there. Mac Andrew, I think, is off the board. Then it gets interesting. Yeah, you know, there's there's probably seven or eight there that, that are off the, the board by that point that I think you could probably count on. But then there's this group of seven, eight, nine names that you know are right in that mix. And it is a really even group. So there's Jai Amos, who, as a key forward, if you got to that pick, I think it should pull the trigger. There's He's a goal kicker, a proven goal kicker. How long has it been, guys, since we I just said we since Essendon (laughs) uh, since since picked up a a really top end big goal kicker at junior level. I can't think of one for a a while now that's that's done that as a as a key forward. So uh, that's that's an option. I mean, Joey Danaher probably. um, Yeah, uh, and even he he didn't put the numbers on the board at junior level for not playing that much. But um, so he's kicked fifty plus goals and. And he sort of limped to the end of the, the line in terms of the end of the season. He, he drove up from Busselton every day in, or every couple of days in in Perth, in Western Australia to do his training. So his story is a really good one. Uh, he's coming off a PCL injury in the grand final day game. So he's one that I think they, they should look at. The other one that I I would really like Essendon to look at if he's there is Neil Erasmus. He's a 188 centimetre midfielder, good overhead, kicks goals, kicked four goals in the grand final in the Colts last year. And he's just a competitor, and I I look at what Essendon's midfield is like, and I still think that, and I think the elimination final showed this too. I and mean, you know I've been big on this, Scoot. I, I I think that, look, Dunkley was right to go after Dunkley he was the right player to go after after last year, and the right perfect, you know, position, age wise, all that type of thing. It made sense. Giving up two top pink, top ten picks was not the right thing to do. So it was the right thing to, to stop doing that and, and not agree to that. Mm. But he's the right type of player, and that's what's still missing in that in that group. And Erasmus is a competitor. I, I think that if you got to a final and Neil Erasmus was standing alongside, you know, Parish Merritt, uh, Parish Merritt, McGrath and, and Caldwell, that that creates a pretty good midfield in there. He's just a tough ball winner and a, a bit of a leader. So I, I like him a lot. Um Zaire Wanganey and Malia. I know there's been a lot of uh, chat around Essendon's interest in him, and look, he's he's exciting. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And Essendon need a wingman, but don't they? Uh, I think yeah. yes. Yeah, who's who's the bona fide wingman for the Bombers? Is it Kyle Langford? He goes in there and patches. Is it McGrath? Can you sling, Nick uh, Cox out there. Coxie, Coxie, of course. Yeah, Coxie's yeah. going to be a jet. But if you have those two on on each other each wing, then it's it's a pretty good weapon too. Long kicking. Delightful ball users, you know, athletic. And we've missed have missed
1: a bit of class uh, as a club in in recent years and, and decision making. So uh, that's one thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm only going by highlights, but it's one thing. I, I did watch the actually the uh, the game he played the other week. Uh, it's one thing he can do well. He he sizes up a, a situation pretty well and makes the right decision. So
2: he does, yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. So there's those guys and Josh Sims, another one who in terms of. Electric speed, he's got it, so he he could come into that conversation too. Josh Rochelly, I think he's a chance to be gone. He's not a certainty to be gone by that point, but as a small forward, and we're talking before about need for small forwards, he he plays senior footy next year, Josh Richelli. Um and he's there's a bit of sort of you know, reluctance to use the comparison, but there's a bit of Toby Green and and Robbie Gray. If you're trying to think of that type of small forward, not a real crummer, but you know, great at sort of in the air for a player his size, so. Yeah, it's, uh, there's some names in there that I don't think you can go too far wrong with all yep. that group.
1: Can I ask uh, – I know we haven't got you for long, sorry, but Ben no, King, ben King um, what, with Essendon, you know, the story that Essendon is going to – was thinking about trading their first-round pick next year, a lot of Essendon fans kind of took that as like, oh, have they got internal messaging that Ben King – Is not a reality next year what what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah i don't think decisions been made from from anyone on that so my i I understand your thought as well it it didn't make a lot of sense to me i still think that really when they're talking about future trading their priorities on the the future second rather than the future first Uh, that's that's my take on that one um and it's uh it's a seller's market at the minute in terms of the the, the first round picks this year, there's not many clubs wanting to actually give up a, a, a top 15 pick. So it's all right to throw it up there and, and see if, if you get a bite, but whether you're actually going to come back with anything um, or a, a fish worth eating, I'm not sure if you you actually <laughs> yeah. are. So that, that, that can be part of that. You can sort of throw things up, but I don't, I think the likelihood, the strong likelihood, I could be wrong, but I think the strong likelihood is that they'll, they'll end up with their, their holding their their future first and, and seeing what happens next year, because I, I, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, banking. I hope stays at Gold Coast because I, I think you, you, you give it at least an extra couple of years. He's had a really good year this season. Um, he kicked fifty plus goals, fifty odd goals. So I think he should stay there and do an extra couple of years and see the progress after six, and and then you know make a call at that point. But um, you know Essendon still have to be prepared to have the ammo to there to then make something happen if it does go that way. Because as we saw with the Adam Chera deal, yeah, Adam Chera, Met with Melbourne, but how on earth is Melbourne ever going to get that done? So you, you, if you if you're moving players and, and you're deciding where you're going, part of what the decision-making process is: can this club actually get this done? And yeah, uh, you you need to have something up your sleeve to do that.
1: Uh, interesting question for you with Cox and Perkins. Uh, it's hard one to say with Reed because there's not enough data. If you did a phantom draft again. Where would you have those two guys, Perkins and Cox?
2: Ranking or Ra- is ranking? Ranking. Yeah, good question. So last year, I was pretty bullish on Archie for the most part. I reckon I had Archie at seven or eight for most of the year. Uh, so he, he probably wouldn't change too much from there. I, th- I think. I, I don't know. I can't remember do so many. Well, I mean, the I, guys I, like
1: Elijah Hollins, we didn't. Yeah, we haven't seen who I rated pretty
2: high. Yeah, no. He, well, he's, he's a good. He's a really good player, Elijah, and. Sometimes it depends where you go as well. It can be out of sight, out of mind sometimes, you know, if yeah. if Nick Cox was playing for certain other non-Victorian clubs, would there have been as much hype on his 14 disposal games as there was because he was playing for Eston? I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not, but uh, he deserves the hype, by the way. And, and I do think he should have played in the elimination final too. I thought that was um, a missed opportunity for him not to play in that game. Uh, that's, that's by the by now, but... Um, Yeah, Coxie Coxie would be high. There's no doubt about that. Coxie, I I think I probably had Coxie just outside the the ten. I reckon from memory, and yeah, he'd be in that group. And look, who's in there? Who was in there? I mean, Jamara, we haven't seen too much off just yet. Will Phillips, we've probably seen a bit off. Tom Tom Powell could probably push in a bit higher from what we saw this year. Logan McDonald. Logan Braden Campbell hasn't let anyone down. Errol Goulden's the one that annoys me the most when I think about my own rankings versus where I actually ended up having him up. Probably got talked out of having him a bit high and probably probably should learn from that because, yeah, you, you can't make up footy talent. So he's probably a bit of a lesson. But apart from that, I'm trying to think of who else was in that group. Um, uh, What's the
1: like the GWS guy that was hesitant <laughs> in his interview at the start? Uh, um, yeah, Tanner yeah.
2: Bruin. Tanner. Tanner had a really good year too. Like, he's sort of I think if Tanner was had his year for the Bombers, it he'd, been be more, to, yeah, yeah. he'd be talked. Yeah, he talked about the same. Um, breath as Perkins and, and these guys. So it's just funny how, you know, different narratives can be created, for, you know, based on the club that types in your name. But, yeah, last year's group actually ageing. <laughs> we say ageing, but it's, it's, it's actually looking pretty good, isn't it, for a crop yeah. that, you know, clubs for the first time ever had to do this draft in such a weird way.
1: Yeah. Um, is is there the same kind of view this year with COVID and, and limited games, Victoria, uh, the same tricky kind of situation when you're doing a phantom draft
2: yeah i haven't turned my head to the phantom draft yet but the, the um the rankings have been difficult but yeah at least they've played more at least they, they played, played more, more yeah they have played more and and uh, f- the first half of the year, most most of the victorian guys who we're talking about probably should have played eight to ten games at at some level so there is a little bit to sort of play around with um and to, to watch and know, it's still the hardest thing to know and will always be, how do you rank uh, someone who's playing, you know, reserves or a bit of senior footy in WA and SA, particularly over the past years, uh, versus the kids who play in Victoria and have to play for their school ahead of their NAB League club and have yep. been dipped in and out. But, you know, generally recruiters do it pretty well and get get it about right. So, And I'm, I'm pretty sure that by the end of the year that the numbers will still stack up where more just over half of the draft will end up being victorian anyway there was going to be nearly 40 tests in the combine tomorrow on sunday before it got cancelled so yeah there's um yeah i think it's a tough gig for recruiters there's no doubt about that but yeah they'll find a way they're pretty they're pretty hard workers
0: speaking of the speaking of the hype and how do you predict into the future can you give us an overview of what you think of the Davy twins
2: To a degree. I haven't seen a lot of them play. A a little bit of the 17 stuff this year with Owen Jr. And I think he's ahead of uh, uh, his brother at this point. So he looks a little bit more there. But uh, when clubs forecast ahead in terms of, you know, did need to bank points and, and these type of things. I, I don't think they're at that point now where they're, they're a huge consideration where you think, okay, th- these guys are going to have to plan ahead like Brisbane are doing at the moment for Will Ashcroft in like next year's draft or like Collingwood did last year with Nick Dacos coming through. So I, I don't think they're at that level right now, but you know, th- there's always a romantic element with the bombers with father sons and, and, You'd expect that you know at least uh, one of the Davey guys will we'll, we'll get on the list, but yeah, in terms of the father sons this year, I'm finding it difficult to see the guys get a chance, um, particularly given the the continuations of the COVID nineteen sort of issues in Victoria and, and the lack of footy You know, Mercedes herd. Um, Nathan Love Murray's son as well, uh, uh, and, and Tex Wanganeen, te- yeah, and Tex Wanganeen. I think Tex Wanganeen is probably more of a chance to maybe train again over summer. To see how you go. That way and, and maybe in the SSP something comes up or you or you get a full year of footy next year under your belt and, and have another crack. But yeah, injury came at a bad time for him, then the lockdowns come from an even worse time for him. But yeah, there's there's some ability there, but I, I think the way it's panned out, that's probably the way it'll fall.
1: We'll, we'll be following Buick's son, who's the best twelve year old in the country. That's, is that's,
0: that's, <laughs> that's one of the funniest it, things uh, I've ever heard. Yeah, you got it. you got the award for wasn't it? the best under twelves or something, or the best under twelves in the entire country.
2: Really? I missed yeah. that. I missed that. Well, you know what? Um, uh, I actually, I know a couple of people involved with the Victorian under 12s program. And it's, it's fascinating how many players who dominated under 12s level in Victoria come through and be stars at AFL level. And there's <laughs> that, there's that great photo of Petrarca and Clayton Oliver. Yeah, yeah. the rounds, Like That was a part of that. And there's, there's so many storylines and you go through the under 12s Victorian side every single year. And there's about eight to 10 players through in the draft. So it's, it's an amazing sort of uh, that. That is the real production line. So yeah, yeah. maybe maybe Essendon's onto a winner there. Was that was that this year? I didn't know about Buick Sun. was that this year? Yeah, yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah, right. So what are we talking twenty twenty seven draft? Of, yeah, uh, little, little I can't forest. believe.
0: <laughs> I, I personally cannot believe there is an, uh, an a Victorian under twelve side. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> no, it's,
2: this is a big deal. Talent, talent spotting stuff, really. Yeah. Wow. Hey, um, uh,
0: uh, just quickly,
1: uh, the, one of the surprise to listings was probably Gibbons from Carlton. And given the nature of his role, um, would you float if you're an Essendon fan or an I would say Dodoro uh, a, a possible rookie kind of situation there?
2: I would, yeah, yeah. I think he's too good to not be on a list. There's there's far worse players on AFL list than Michael Gibbons. I'll put it that way. And. Uh, again, as we spoke about the small forward stuff, you he, know he can, he can come in and play some he's footy proper depth. Away. Yeah,
1: he's a proper depth player. That's a uh, I I agree. I must myself. And and
2: and a cheap um, delisted free agent, as you mentioned. So and look, that's not to say I don't I don't get it from Carlton's point of view. They've got some small forwards that are probably ahead of him when when they look at their their group too. So that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jack Martin and, and Zach Fisher and, and Lockie Fogarty, uh, Corey Durden. So there's some guys who who will get picked ahead of him. So. I get it, but um, yeah, he's, he's unlucky, no doubt about that. And he's a good character too, a good person and, and ready to play. So yeah, I, I'd give him a shot. Um, yeah, I'd absolutely give him a shot. And I think that I'm not, I don't know, I haven't sort of sussed out to this point where there has been that that level of interest in him, but yeah, he's ready to go. And you always like those players who who can come in and play a role. So sort of um, speaking of small forwards, you guys are like this actually. I was in the Melbourne rooms after the, I went over to Perth, fortunately enough, and pretty lucky to be over there and was in the rooms after that game, after the grand final and looked over and I'm like, who is that? Uh, I recognised the face that I hadn't seen in a while. I was like, I, I, it surely isn't. And I'm like, I actually said to Jake Melcham. I reckon was, I
1: know who you're going to say too. <laughs> I said,
2: is that Corey Delolio?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> Corey DeLoglio. Uh
2: So he was, uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, we've been catching up with Corey. So it was um yeah, it's funny how the bomber links extend far and wide.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, it probably meant a bit to him too um, with the whole Hibbert narrative yeah. pre-grand final because obviously he's linked to the, one of the 34. So, um, yeah, it, it would have been a, a pretty magical moment, I guess, for both of them in, in, in a weird way. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and I loved, by the way, just on a side note, I love that Hibbo vision of him just running with the, the cup to the crowd. I mean, just... The excitement on his face couldn't be happier for him. So
2: yeah, and look, and, and Jake was pretty unlikely not to be in there as well. Yeah. Um, like he would have been playing in a lot of teams, played late in the year, didn't really do much wrong. Jake, just for his sake, a, a bit of a shame how how well the small forwards, I guess, were going at Melbourne. You know, those guys were were pretty well locked in. They didn't have any injuries or anything. So yeah, it's a bit in in some regards. You know, there's always hard luck stories, and he's probably one of them because yeah, he's, he's. I think Essendon supporters always have a fond spot for. For Jake, I, I, I certainly think that, yeah he, yeah, he he gave his all. He sort of was maligned at different times but found his best, I think, at the Demons once he got going and, and showed what a player he can be. So, yeah, it's, it's good good stories and, and sort of tough stories on both sides. Yeah.
1: Well, can't thank you enough, uh, Cal. Uh, always generous with your time. So I know you've got a full-on weekend and, and we'll see what happens. Does it finish
0: Wednesday, trade week?
2: I hope so. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just
0: gonna ask, can, can you give us a, just a bit of an overview? What happens in the next few days? Like do the do the recruiters pull out all the stops in the next few days and then it sort of finishes up on Wednesday?
2: Yeah, it finishes up Wednesday night. So deadline day. So yeah, tune into afl.com.au there for, for all the coverage. And as every trade happens, it's always fun to get to that deadline and see if the deadline actually is the deadline or it's you know you know, the deals that coming just before that pushes it out. So they confirmed a few minutes later, like last year, but I know the Caldwell deal happened, you know, basically on the buzz yeah. last year, didn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: So, to the, the old running to the fax story, you know, that's right.
2: a- <laughs> Joey Mercedes stays at the bombers after the fax machine breaks down. Um, <laughs> nice. It's uh, yeah, it's a big few days because the weekend, no trades go through or are delivered or sort of published or confirmed, but certainly this conversation is still going on. Just was on the phone to a recruiter just before around sort of what their plans are for today. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it, it'll it'll take place. There's still sort of 13, 14 players, I reckon, who could who could or may or might not find new homes over the next couple of days. So, despite as you say, sort of the sort of quieter trade period, there's still been. I thought, I thought Clarky,
1: I actually thought Clark might get a bit of interest from from some teams, but uh, it doesn't seem like his name's been mentioned anywhere. Just nah, with his age and um. I just thought, he, yeah,
2: he, to be honest, he, he, he probably deserves another year at the Bombers, I think, because he, his form towards the end of the season was pretty good when he came in. And and the first half of the season was, was wrecked by the ankle injury. So, mm. yeah, I'd be willing to give him another go. And I actually like him when he plays defensively too sometimes. So I know they don't like using him that way. But, um, yeah. And then Gleason obviously still got to wait and see where, where it sits yeah. with him. But, yeah.
1: Look, just quickly, I'm just curious obviously you had the you know decades ago you had you know you meet at the marvel or whatever two guys they sign papers is it literally done by laptops now deals is it literally just a website and this in
2: terms of of confirmation of something yeah 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 so once that once the clubs are uh at a point where they've agreed you know between each other then they we're doing this via zoom i think they do it by microsoft teams but they they do sort of a teams um meeting they're both hook up you know, someone from club a someone from club b join in and the afl hook up the meeting they do the deal that way tick it off from their perspective get the okay and then it goes through and b's process so yeah the the, the pizzazz of um you know <laughs> yes. Adri- adrian adrian and going from room uh, to room yeah yeah going from room to room in that final day <laughs> <laughs> and the camera in that final tick off room which is great drama yeah. so sort it's of been lost a little bit like so many, so many good other things over the past two years but <laughs> Um, hopefully we get back to there uh, next year.
1: All right. Cool. Thanks so much, mate. Uh, well, thank you, all, the, all the best next week. Uh, try and get some sleep Thursday. Uh, <laughs> and then you've got uh, your, your whole next stage of your life, which is the draft after that <laughs> coming up. So uh, we look forward to your final uh, top 25 or top 20. Is it top 25 list? That be, you? Top 30? 30. Top, yeah, top yeah. 30, yeah. So I look forward to that, see what's around. Um, But uh, very much appreciated for your time, mate, and all the best for the rest of the weekend.
2: No worries. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Grant. Happy to be on uh, the catch-up. Thanks
0: very much, mate. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, what will we be listening to just then on the break music? That's your Joe Satriani special. Yes, of course it is. <laughs> so. uh, well, a, a, a massive thank you to AFL.com.au's draft guru, Mr. Callum Toomey. Um, that well, guy is about as busy as it gets right now. Um, so for him to give us uh, sort of 20-odd minutes, it's just it's well, massive. Yeah, end so, up being
1: half an hour, which is much yeah. more than we actually negotiated. But yep, look, uh, for us to get Cal Toomey, who's I think been the the pretty much the prime um, the Trade Week journalist this week uh, with Mitch, Mitch Cleary. So uh, he, it's he's that's just an awesome get for the show,
0: to be honest. And, oh, well, uh, mate, we, we really hope you guys enjoyed it because you'd – there's a, there's a guy who knows exactly what he's doing. Like you said, he was, um, before the show, he was just on the phone to some agents and on the phone to some more agents. It's and... <laughs> yes, had to wait a few times, but
1: that's yeah. perfectly understandable. So, yeah, to actually have him have no phone calls for half an hour and us talking, uh, thank goodness for that. So we'll, look, we'll wrap things up because I'm going to quickly edit the show and get it out to you guys ASAP so it's right a fresh take. Yes, uh, indeed. So, look, you can catch us uh, on... All the Spotify,
0: SoundCloud, iTunes, all the all the main shows. Yep. um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Scooter McNeese, uh, Scooter on um, Twitter for Scotty. Um, lunch but, catch uh, up, yeah, yeah, lunch catch up um, on um, Twitter, Twitter uh, and uh, Instagram and stuff. So mainly check us out on the on the Facebook page. So thank you everybody for for joining in, Scotty. A massive thank you for on behalf of everybody for getting uh, Cal today for a little emergency pod. Um, so absolutely, we, uh, we we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll uh, catch up. When, when we're probably next going to be doing one, do you reckon?
1: Look, uh, no doubt the draft is coming up, it's, but there is, yeah. in all honesty, there is a bit of a gap uh, because yeah, the draft. Be a bit of a gap. So look, uh, it, it will be a quiet time because there's just nothing happening after the trade period. There's, yeah, true. Um, so I know there's a few rookie selections, and a few things like that, but really there's a, you know, I mean, there's almost like a month in between. So uh, so look. We will be a little bit more quiet just because we don't want to invent a show no, <laughs> look, if, if there's nothing and, If
0: Dodoro stands up in, uh, at the hangar and says, I've actually negotiated the number one draft pick for three future third-round <laughs> picks, um, then we might do a podcast on that. <laughs> if, we've, if if Dodoro <laughs> manages to secure the number one draft pick, for three third round picks uh in the next three years (laughs) then we'll probably (laughs) do a show but uh that's that's definitely a show yeah uh, unless that's it we'll probably be gone for about a month
1: look we might depending on what happens at the end of trade week uh if some significant movements happen yeah we'll we'll me and grant will get online and um and uh we'll, we'll have a great discussion about it so if there's two or three players that we didn't expect come on board yeah, we'll 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 do a show and and we'll just cover those and and see, see what we think of them get our reaction.
0: All right. Thank you everybody for uh, joining us today again. Scotty, thank you for getting to Cal on the show and we will uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Sounds good. Go bombers.